0: Hi and welcome to the Science Really podcast, where I talk to amazing women in science and music. Today I'll be talking to Cat Five. She's the singer and guitarist um, of a band called Feral Five. They're an electropunk punk uh, dance group that has been featured on BBC Radio Six. They've um, they've created a lot of songs that are both politically uh, inspired. They're also very um, obsessed by science and they create songs about the dark human side of tech. Love, Lust and Madness. They've also collaborated with world leading designers to create their uh, sounds and songs using algorithms. So, And aside from that, the um, the group uh, and CATS as such, they have amazing production skills and have worked with uh, great artists around the world. So so yeah. Uh, without further ado. Uh, hi Kat, how are you? Hello, really glad to be here. Your podcast is amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. So, uh, so I gave a um, short intro about you, but uh, could you, for the people that don't know you yet, maybe compliment with things that I, I've missed or something uh, about your work? and? Uh... Sure, yes, it was a brilliant intro, thank you. Uh, yes, so I'm um,
1: singer-songwriter musician, multi-instrumentalist, co-producer in Viral 5 with my amazing bandmate Drew, who's all of those as well. And uh, we make our own songs, we remix for other people. I also play for fun in another band called of Results College, which means I get to play bass a bit more than I do in my own band. Okay. And uh, as well as that, I run a small music and tech blog called Kit Monsters, and I'm recently on the board of a new ethical streaming company, which is a cooperative called Resonate, which is uh, very exciting and, and promises to really change the music ecosystem.
0: Okay, very good.
1: Um,
0: so, can you can you tell us a bit more about um, like what a project you're currently working on? Uh, could be from the music side
1: or from the business side? Okay. Well, we're currently working on our debut album and uh, people are often surprised when we say it's our debut because we've had lots of releases but they've all been singles and EPs and we're finally focusing on an album and um, we're really, really excited. It's quite a, a strong concept. It's set in a world in the near future and we're looking at a lot of current developments and imagining how things will be so it's not a, it's a complete sci-fi alien album but we're we're definitely thinking hard about everything which is something we often do as well as trying to make music that people can dance to
0: yeah and so your album that you're going to release is it will it be like independently produced yes yeah, yeah. we, we uh, produce our own work we
1: do go to some wonderful people for mastering because that's, that's something you really have to Spend uh, spend money on we think is mastering, but it will be a DIY release on our small label, Primitive Light Recordings.
0: Okay, all right, very cool. Um, I mean, so about your musical journey, So, um, as I as I mentioned earlier, your music contains a lot of different kind of aspects of let's say life. It goes. It's it's it taps into technology, politics, feminism. Yeah. Uh, can you can you go into a bit more detail kind of why those kind of influences and, and yeah initially and then how, how then your music writing develops around that specific if you choose like a specific. Topic, yeah. Well
1: they're all things we're into. So um, you yeah know, I'm very interested in science with have been and technology and uh, work to some degree in that field, although well, I'm not a technologist myself. Uh, Feminism is at the root of everything we do. It's in the DNA of every song, whether it's explicit or not. So we've got songs about brain science and the wars about the male and female brain, and it's great to be able to distill down some of those thoughts into something. It's a pop song, pop punk song that people can have a, a nice chorus to sing along to. So um, we don't kind of set out right. We're doing a song about science. It's all inspiration that comes along the way whether it's from 3D printing projects influencing the work uh, or other things and even, I think even when there's a song that's a bit more um, personal and intimate, it's still strong, it's still a a female perspective and I think it's worth noting that there aren't enough female songwriters around, there are ever more but if you look at uh, the membership say of PRS, the Performing Rights Society uh, it's only I think it's up to about 16, one six percent now, which is pitiful, and if you think of all that male energy going into the lyrics of all these songs, and how rare it is for female uh, mindset to be represented, not you can lump everyone in together, but in broad brush terms, mm-hmm. then that's really shocking, and one song we did it's part of a funny post-party apocalypse hangover song, and I wrote it because it's seem like, you know, it, I was inspired at the time to do it. Then you think, well, how many songs about like Getting Drunk and Being hungover have you ever heard from a woman? Not many. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of any. There may be yeah. some out there. Um, and yes, it's something that men often
0: write about is mm-hmm. Getting Drunk at a party. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. And I mean, like, is there, it is really shocking. Like, I mean, I, I have quite a few friends that are s- songwriters, but... They yeah they kind of do it in their bedrooms or they kind of do it as a side thing but also because they don't get the opportunity to as you say to kind of get to the the level where they would become songwriters for big artists maybe and so on. Um, Do you think it's it's is it very much stilling because most people in I guess production the big production studios or music industry that they're still like very much male dominated in terms of the the management of bands or uh, or music production? Um,
1: I think whilst at the top
0: of the industry
1: in production and management of festivals, it is still quite male-dominated. I think things are changing, and I really think things have never been better for female musicians and songwriters, because I think people are finding the voice, they're finding a lot of support, they're supporting each other. There's organisations like Girls Rock, which yeah, I know yeah, you've been involved in. There's promoters like Loud Women. And even just on Twitter, women can find each other and, and create a, a bigger voice across the world. So I think a lot of that needs to filter through. We still need to keep pushing. Um, personally, I don't have an ex- experience writing for big studios. But I think we are getting there, and I think the time is now. So yeah, yeah, get out your bedroom, girls, and do stuff. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and I mean, and when because polit- uh, like feminism is a very politically driven or or politically um, heavy uh, subject, and when you write about politics as well, as you say, feminism comes back into all of your songs. Like, how do you? combine it with like if you talk about politics for example and or being, bring politics into your music and have that kind of undertone is that
1: yeah I think for me it's a very natural flow yeah, so yeah. Uh, a lot of the songs I write have a story mm-hmm. or are inspired by a particular thing um, mm. and I think it, so it's very seamless I don't sit down and say right I'm gonna write a song about Somebody on benefits, or you know, it's not that quite that calculating. Um, it just is all very integrated. Uh, with our song "Man Cat Doll Machine," which is the title track of an EP, um, we were exploring the work of Picasso because we'd been invited by a legendary musician, Martin Ware of the Human League and Heaven Seventeen, to be part of a, an event he was putting on at the National Portrait Gallery, uh, and it was. Um, everything you can imagine is real and, and there were dancers and musicians and uh, all sorts of different kinds of artists and then the more we delved into Picasso portraits and this is at a time uh, coming up towards the Trump inauguration, the more <laughs> ideas came swirling around my mind and I think I felt very much that uh, you know we have to embrace change, encourage change, be active, be forceful but it was tight, ty- things were only going to change if we had new heroines, not heroes. So that's how that came about. So it was a, a real kind of smorgasbord board of ideas. But the focus was, we have to get up and do things for ourselves, and it's the women that have to get cracking with it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So really, like, t- like you say, take charge of things and basically go out there and just do what you love to do and create kind of the things you love to. Kind of, and, and and speak
1: about it. Speak about it? it. So, and um, just going back to Man Cat we oh, yeah, yeah, premiered yeah, yeah. it at the National yeah, yeah, Portrait yeah. Oh, Gallery yeah. the night before the uh, the Women's March, and um, as a lovely blogger who said that the Women's March started with us at the National Portrait Gallery. But in terms of uh, the, the sort of politics and the feminism, I think um, we always look at things at a bit of a sort of different angle. A kind of sometimes a surreal angle or a, a fun. Angle and we think music should be fun. I think if you can get politics into a, a song that people can really enjoy, then you've achieved something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, music has such a powerful um, m- because it can reach people very easily. It's you don't need to have money to li- to mm. listen to songs because you have the radio. You can have like the internet and. Um, As such a powerful medium to, to basically convey a message or just like spread the, a word about something and uh, create a movement for people, so so yeah, that was really really very fascinating. And so so you have one band member, Drew. Yeah. So can you can you speak a bit about the, the start of the band and how you got together and how you complement each other in both songwriting and, and kind of music playing. And
1: yeah. Yes, we got together in a, in a really lovely way actually, which is we were both on a course run by Helen McCookery Book, mm-hmm. who's an amazing artist herself and mm-hmm. also an academic and a writer of uh, books about women in the music industry um, at Premises Studios in Hackney. And although we didn't get to work directly with each other during the course, I clocked that he was a, a brilliant bass player and he'd that I did some interesting things too. And sometime after the course finished he sent me a track he'd been working on and asked if I'd be interested in singing, writing the lyrics and melody. So I did that and, um, and then we started working together and writing music together and felt very much as if we had we'd had this connection that went back to when we were at sixth form, even though we'd never met when we were at sixth form. We felt like we were musical twins. And we both um, we both love dance music. We both love uh, sort of punk, especially post punk, yeah. and uh, songs with giant bass lines yeah, and yeah. Killing <laughs> Joke. So we we have a lot in common musically, but we also have um, different approaches to things. And Drew's um, much more into the latest dance music and, yeah. and techno, and I like that too. But I'm seeing a lot more grassroots bands um, that play guitars and. Uh, it's a it's a good combination and the way we write our songs varies quite a lot, sometimes we'll just jam something up, sometimes Drew will have some beats and I'll put some lyrics to it, sometimes I'll come to him with something I've already worked out on guitar and got some very rough beats too um, the main thing is that we like to experiment and we're not shy of trying anything, whether yeah. it's a, a method or a particular piece of equipment um, for example I'm quite happy to use a hammer and chisel to get some sound and live, As a particular hammer and chisel I use in one song, Angel yeah. Road, uh, to get the effects I need. And also on the new album, we're trying different things out, I went on an amazing uh, live code- coding music workshop with Cat at Music okay. Hackspace yeah. and um, learned to live code. I'm not saying I'm brilliant at it, but it was um, something I really enjoyed doing and some of that is likely to make it onto the album because it's a, a very... Different sound so, with. so
0: can you can you can you go into a bit more depth there? Um, I, I'm interested because I mean you can kind of I, I've I've taken up Ableton just recently, so um, basically music creation whether you use an instrument or whether you kind of do it digitally. Uh, but when you mention live coding in music, will, do you mean actually? writing writing the code to create sounds or do you mean some kind of more mixing style of things uh,
1: writing the code to create sounds but you use certain libraries so there'll be things like some simple sounds already you can call up but yeah, it's yeah. literally typing lines of code yeah, yeah and I've seen some amazing artists do it especially uh, artists like um, Alexandra Cardenas who's based in Berlin and MiriCat, and it was something I didn't really think I could do or master and it was a complete. Surprised to me how much I actually love doing it, and I don't think I necessarily want to do it to performance level, but certainly as another tool in creating music, it's something I'm really enjoying.
0: Yeah, so how how do you because so obviously you play musical instruments, so you play the guitar and the bass. Yes, I play, yeah, uh, I play anything other. I can get my hands on yeah, because I, yeah. I
1: take the, the punk view that you don't have to be brilliant in order to yeah, perform yeah. with an instrument. So um, I play guitar, I play bass. Uh, I, when I get my hands on Drew's synths, I'll write some synth lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, anything is, is open. And also I've had an amazing time working with Music Tech Fest where I've, I've been there as a, as a blogger, as a performer and also... Um, produced the last one uh, but that's been an amazing experience working with hackers on, on strange bits of hacked up instruments so uh, jamming at, at some amazing places like the Urkham um, at Centre has just made me fairly fearless now and whether it's a hacked up speak and spell or a, a four note synth that I've built with some help with soldering because I'm a bit I'm, I'm a bit uh, what do you call it cat at soldering um, I, I'm just Try
0: anything really. Okay, But that's really, I mean, it's very interesting to hear the um, approach to your music making because it's very experimental as well. You try different. And why I was asking about the intro, because you combine basically traditional instruments, I guess, with lots of electronic or um, hammers sounds, I guess, which, in terms of the mixing, so how, how do you approach kind of? mixing sounds set of traditional instruments with basically the electronic kind of instruments in a very, it will be in a very funk style way I guess, rather than in a harmonized kind of way. Can you explain a bit more about around how your approach is to producing the music really or, or mixing the music together?
1: Um, yes, I mean, I think the, the approach is very fluid and it varies from song to song. We definitely see them as songs rather than a group or yeah. a slice of okay. dance music. And um, obviously we've got to get some beats and um, we sort of build up layers on top of that. But it does vary a lot. And sometimes we sort of have a bit of a wrestle, if you like, about whether something's getting too electronic or too guitar-y. And, that, and because we kind of straddle... These genres, it is always something. It's very um, pertinent, if you like, because sometimes we'll get put on a, a synth pop lineup yeah, yeah. for a live show, and other times we'll get put on a sort of punk thing. And you think, well, are we punk enough for the punks, and are we synthy enough for the you know synth pop yeah, crew? Yeah, so uh, it's one of the perils of being electro
0: punk. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess it gives you um, op- op- like options does, because yeah. you kind of can fall into different categories, which is great because it gives, gives you like a lot of options. So I mean going going to that like because you've you've performed at different kind of events, type of events. When when kind of approaching those those events initially, um, for example like a small smallish event, like very intimate, how, how do you go about uh, kind of addressing an audience with, for example, a politically inspired message, is that yeah. I'm interested to kind of is it like uh, something intentional from the beginning, or is it something that you want the audience to discover themselves from the songs? Um,
1: I think we like to reinforce our ideas, particularly visuals, and um, I think our music is n- it, it sort of works in more of a clubby environment than I don't think we particularly great at a house concert it's not that we couldn't do it Mm. but we we need that sort of dark vibe where where people can dance but we like it to be 360 and also it's one of the reasons I suppose why when I'm performing I tend to perform on guitar I mean I'm not on guitar the whole time but rather than stand behind a synth because I don't want to be tethered I want to be able to bounce around and jump around and and be a bit more present with the audience and um, wherever we can we have visuals with our sets that uh, reinforce ideas about three D printing because there's a lot of people who've still never seen three D printing in action. Yeah, so yeah. it, it's, it the ideas about three D printing humans when you've got that on the screen, um, and also with some of the more political
0: songs as well. Yeah, can can you explain a bit? So, so I, I was very fascinated about your video around three D printing, and can you explain a bit like how you came about starting that project? with the designer and also kind of how you approach them the, the songwriting around 3D printing and kind of, yeah. It's a great
1: pleasure because I love 3D printing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've done two tracks now based around 3D printing but in very different ways. And I first came to 3D printing through uh, an educational project that was setting out to enable 3D printing from Minecraft and aimed at yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was my first exposure to actual... 3D printer and what it could do. And it's one of those flat, ba- flat pack kits that people have to put together, and they're a bit kind of rattly and a bit sort of unstable. And I loved the sounds that came from it, so I was like busy recording printing sounds, thinking I'm going to do something about 3D printing. And then um, I realized that a lot of the most exciting developments around 3D printing were to do with medical technology. And prosthetics and uh, cells and all sorts of things mm. to do with the body and I thought, well, what happens as things progress and um, you can start putting together people and who should be in control of this and um, I was also thinking back about the video game Tomb Raid with Lara Croft and how they just like the designer gave this like crazy body yeah, yeah, that is fairly yeah. unachievable in real life without tons of plastic surgery and i thought well, what if you were 3d printing people and then like you're printing like crazy people you know is anyone going to take any responsibility for that so we started putting a song together based around the samples and we used the 3d printing samples as a, as a backbone for the percussion Track, and it was very much about the the ethics of three D printing and uh, make more meats. How many of one person would you make? Um, so it was it was both something that explained a bit about how to do three D printing, but also where do we go from here? Looked into the future.
0: Yeah, I guess like bringing in cloning in a way. Yeah. And Also in terms yeah, yeah. of the,
1: the, the whole sort of production of the release, um, we wanted to have some 3D printing with the release and make it accessible to people, so we thought about how to do that and we worked with a wonderful tribal pop designer called Camille Walala, and she um, we did a, a vinyl release because the technology wasn't there to 3D print vinyl. Um, so she did cover and also designed a, a wonderful uh, 3D printing symbol. and that could be a pendant mm. so um, we made lots of those it was a limited edition release and mm. got that into a few record stores like Rough Trade and I was hugely proud of that because I thought well I don't know if it was the first but the 3D printing media went crazy about it so I think it possibly was the first release with some 3D printing attached but all in a very DIY way you know we printed the things out and stuck them on the covers and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had to be flat enough to fit in a record rack yeah, yeah. so that was the first um 3D printing released. It's called 3D, unsurprisingly. But I think it's great
0: because 3D printing is very much, in, in my mind, still is very much about DIY, because you have all these table printers that yes. people can buy yeah. in their homes. so They can try it themselves. Yeah. So, so yeah, you had another project, you said. Yes, yeah, yeah. the one thing that was oh, yeah, really yeah. good fun was we
1: um, we performed at Music Tech Fest with a 3D printer, okay, okay. which we mic'd up, and um, and it was an absolute blast. But they're not very good bandmates, 3D printers are <laughs> a bit dull on stage, but as a concept, it was, it was quite good fun. And through all that, we met this wonderful designer called Francis Bitonti, who trained as an architect and um, is known for this amazing 3D printed dress for Dita Von Tees, yeah. but also for furniture and, and all sorts of things he does. And he really liked um, what we did, and also we'd put some images of some of his work in the video for our first ever single, mm. Skin and uh and then he said oh i've been sonifying some of my 3d printing algorithms and i'd like to collaborate with somebody to make some music from this and are you interested we said yes we are with extra exclamation marks so we um developed this track based around his algorithms and the particular ones that we liked were called rule nine and so we wrote this track called Rule nine we had uh, extra beats and synths and vocals in nine languages we created our own extra rule lines and then um when that was all done he then used some of his algorithms on the video so he used some amazing algorithms that um are like digital representations of microorganisms growing so through the video it gets more um you get more of these organisms, if you like, on screen, yeah, and so it's a really, really interesting project. We love doing that one.
0: Yeah, I think there is something about combining music and video in the background. There's this amazing Belgian um, Belgian band, and they're called My Cheap Little Dictaphone, and they they created also like basically he had a, a an album with I think it was eight songs. But the first song is basically the start of a story, and then the, the last song is kind of the end of the story. But when he performs, when they perform, they put the whole story in the back when they play the music as well. So you can see it on, on the back screen. And I think it's very powerful to be able to do that. Um, so, okay, it's very, very nice. Sounds great. great. Um, so... About your career in music and I guess because you also you're kind of an entrepreneur as well and but did you always have when did you start with music for example? Um, and and kind of yeah, did you always have like in mind I I would like to really do this as a living? Um
1: Um I, I started playing guitar when I was ten, as a little okay. acoustic guitar and I went to guitar classes, there were group lessons and played things like Should be Coming Round the Mountain. Twee stuff you get to do when you're little. Um, so I, I've always, I've always loved music, but and I've always messed around with bands. But also, I'm a very visuals person, so I was quite torn. And I've done quite a lot of work in visuals and also in television, interestingly. Um, and actually, when I was working in TV, it was always my a huge joy to edit music and choose music and soundtracks. And I did a lot of work with some brilliant. Dubbing mixes, so that really helped my production skills. We're used to working in dubbing theatres and really listening to sound mm. and helping shape it. Yeah. Um, and then in recent years, the whole band thing has gone crazy and fabulous. And I'm just making some. I made a music video for a friend's band called Giant Paw and they said, "Come and join our band." And so I went, "Yes." So um, I, was, I was playing the guitar and did some backing vocals for them. And then I started an all-girl garage punk bands called Suburban Mousewife, which was just amazing a a fabulous group of women and um, we played some amazing shows I loved every minute of that but sadly that came to an end and then Feral 5 started and we don't have a um, you know a particular agenda we
0: do what we love and some people like it and that's fantastic I mean yeah music is a very personal thing as well and I think that's great because that makes it so unique, if all music would be the same and please everyone. I, there's no fun in that, I think, as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's really great to kind of hear your your kind of story and, and how you are ended up to where you are today. But coming back to when you mentioned you worked in, in, in film and television, um, how, so the skills that you kind of, because you still use a lot of visuals today, in, yes, your, in your kind of...
1: Yes, yeah. we've worked with some amazing visual artists, but a, quite a lot of the videos um, I've shot and edited, and yeah, yeah, yeah. also for a lot of the live work, we've got a new song after bustle Something Up, yeah, which yeah. is usually quite a lot. Of. Sometimes it gets a bit pressured, you think, I've got to finish this video, I've got to go on stage, but anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, it's a great skill to have, and I guess... By, by having worked at the BBC, you kind of have a really good idea on how to approach this type of movie-making and visuals and, and how to do production. Would, would you ever, because obviously the BBC has a big, let's say, commercial music scene. I mean, there is BBC Radio 6, which I, I really love, the, the more al- alternative kind mm, of, I guess, yes. scene of uh, the radio. Um, so how, how do you see the your band kind of sitting on, on radio and um, yeah my yeah, maybe my question it's not here my question, but I love radio. I love it so much, but sometimes it's very hard as a band, for example, t- to be played on the radio. Or to be played on the right kind of radio station to the right type of people, maybe and I think it um, can be and I yeah. think um, a lot of stations are very prescriptive about yeah, what they will play
1: and um, obviously the giant record companies have a, a huge amount of influence but we've had the most amazing support from Radio 6 we've had um, a lot of our music played on there we've, been, we've had a track of the week yeah, yeah. Uh, that was played across all different shows so I think, um, and I think it's a good fit for us because we're very excited about what they do and I think they respond a lot to what we do um, and we also we also get to dip our toes in other waters with the remixes we do for other people, and we've got one coming out soon. I can't say which band it's for, but it's a rising indie band, and we're really excited about it. So we'll see where that ends up. It, it could end up on a station that hasn't yet played Feral Five.
0: Um, yeah, that's so. So when you say you're working with an indie band, is it like to? You're kind of put it, bringing the you, Feral Five and the indie band together in terms of making new songs, or is it? We've we've been asked to remix oh, um, yeah, yeah. a track yeah, of theirs, yeah, yeah. and
1: what we what we tend to do when we, we remix is we really go back to first principles, oh, and yeah. we also do a lot of new instrumentation and um, so somebody else us to remix they know they're going to get quite a good kind of work over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that makes it fun because then you can uh, cross into a different genre with somebody. And we worked with an amazing band called De Furieuse a while ago and they'd always been heroines of mine. I was absolutely delighted when we got the chance to remix their first single. Yeah. And Tom uh, Robinson from Radio 6, yeah, yeah. picked up on the remix, and put it on his mixtape, which was really great. And yeah. then they've gone on to have an amazing album and do greater things. Yeah, Not I, just because
0: of us, I have to say, because they're supremely talented. <laughs> <delicate, but. laughs> no, but it, but it's, it, it's, it's amazing. And I think, um, I guess, yeah, because I was actually wondering about that. I've seen, like, you have musicians that have, have an album, for example, out that is maybe 10 years uh, old and then they they do a remix of an album that it that sounds quite different and they release it completely new and see how it goes and I was wondering how what is your what what is your approach to doing that and how, how when you work for example with other artists and they want to do a remix of their music how how do you approach that is that very much kind of from your inspiration or is that very much like a co-creation process with the band or is that because they they very much still have the idea of their own album in mind and it it might be difficult seeing that kind of remix
1: quite possibly i mean i think um we've been lucky in that we've remixed people who've actively wanted us to remix them and to go a bit crazy so we we don't have any instructions we just have a complete Blank sheet okay. of paper. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and I think the results may have shocked them, but in a good way. Um, and the same has happened to us when some lovely people have remixed in a yeah, track. Yeah. And you have to kind of think, whoa, this is so different, but it's really, really exciting to see what someone else does with your track, I think. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think one of the hard things as a musician is to know, especially if you're doing your own producing, is to know when to stop. When something is finished because there's always another way of doing it yeah, yeah, yeah. and to, to have that discipline to go right it's definitely finished now yeah, it's yeah, it yeah. Is, is quite a, um, a difficult thing so that's why I think I think people find it fun to have their stuff remixed yeah yeah.
0: is it something like I, I've worked with athletes before and they read sports it's amazing so I was wondering with music is it um, when you're kind of working like you said about like achieving perfection of that song I guess, is that, like, let's do another 0.1% to add on to, on to... Is that kind of what you what you mean in terms of maybe if we do, like, a little tweak to the sound here, it will kind of achieve perfection? I think... Um, I think there's a lot of
1: pragmatism involved as well, because sometimes you may be up against a, a deadline or... Yeah. Um, I think it was aim for perfection, but yeah, whether, yeah. whether you actually get it, I don't know. And also sometimes... Imperfections brings perfection yeah, yeah, you know sometimes the the take that you think wasn't the best take necessarily but had the most energy mm. is the one to use and even very established musicians do this you'd be amazed how much sometimes a demo vocal will end up on a release because yeah. it's the one with the most passion or the most was the most relaxed take or, yeah, or yeah. whatever um but i think you have to be wary of, of endlessly refining because yeah. you can just suck all the energy out of a song
0: yeah yeah keep going Yeah, it's, it's very fascinating I mean when I was doing um, uh, some Ableton with a friend of mine as well we, we were actually the, she was she's a professional musician as well and she was taking that approach because I had kind of I guess just done a song a bit out of beat I guess uh, and she's like leave it in because that can be really amazing when we later kind of mix up the stuff and save it and you never know when you bring it in, it's like, oh, this sounds really good. Well, so I think it's... one thing that's
1: very interesting with Ableton, and we use a lot of different um, software, but I also love Ableton. But when you take some of the classics, I want to know, a course, and when you take some of the classics and sort of put them in and, and walk them and check the, the beats for minutes, so, and you realize how kind of fluid these things are, and a lot of really classic tracks, it's actually all, you know, it's all over the place in some respects. Um in a way that perhaps people wouldn't expect. Mm. So I think you, yes, you mustn't regiment things
0: too much. Yeah, that's great, it's all about creativity as well, and uh, spontaneity, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So all right, so that looks really amazing, Uh, I mean, so uh, you mentioned it already before, so uh, Girls Work London, it's an amazing charity uh, that do amazing things, they actually have their war women camp this weekend. Um, I was part of it two years ago, and I was actually we had a punk rock band. Um, it's called On Ladylike. Um, I was playing synths and the keys. Very, as you said, like being very experimental on, <laughs> on on the on stage. And but it, it, it was an amazing experience because in four days only we were we formed the band, we created a song, we we had written music to it, and performed live in, in a pub in front of hundred people, and then the yeah so the, the boost of confidence that you got from that is 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 absolutely incredible but That's phenomenal. Well it's phenomenal it's phenomenal yeah <laughs> i'm still like buzzing from it so i'm excited to to seeing it again at this weekend but um those type of safe spaces that they create it's very rare to find and and um, it's amazing because having those safe spaces to create music really takes it, as, as we, we were talking from before about before, taking, um, takes songs and so on from the bedroom into like the public space and people that basically think, oh, I'm probably not good enough actually to the next stage, let's do this, let's start a band. And so I was wondering whether you could kind of give a bit your thoughts on, on how, as a female musician, um, how you've kind of seen that evolve for yourself personally, for example, and also how you see the future for like girls and women going into music, and, and any advice you would have for them to just go for it? And, and yeah.
1: okay. Well, I think um, just in recent years, there's been an amazing change. There's been so many new promoters and knights, and I remember going to the first ever Clip Rock a few years ago at the Lexington, and it was started by this wonderful woman uh, Dana Jade who makes music as Muslim Hamid and with a, a sort of mission to um, draw attention to FGM and charities and awareness and but have fun while doing mm-hmm. so and that's where I first saw Jufuriers I saw She Makes War and yeah, since then like, amazing yeah, yeah, artists. Great. Yeah. and since then um, things have really snowballed so there's been lots more clip rocks there's been, um, you know, we've had the start of Loud Women who promote and have a blog, we've radio shows and, and promoters um, get in her ears, yeah. uh, and there's things happening up and down the country, and I think uh, yeah, th- yeah. this really you know, encourages female musicians, and they've put on brand new bands as well yeah. as the more established ones so I think the whole ecosystem has changed an awful lot in recent years um what I'm not so knowledgeable about is whether it's changed so much in, in different genres but I do see a lot more uh, female DJs mm. and women in electronic music coming together under various umbrellas as well yeah yeah so I think yeah like the Red Bull um, group Normal, no, normal novelty. Lot of novelty yeah it's yeah. yeah, great as well yeah, so yeah. so I think the environment is a lot more welcoming um Still not perfect, I think I said earlier. But I, I think um, my advice to anyone is, is to go for it, but also to, to meet someone else who's doing it because I think it's very important not to be isolated. Mm. And I think any collaboration or we'll meet up with other women in music is always something fantastic. And it doesn't have to be another woman; it can be guys. But yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're not comfortable about it, so doing something your own, try and work with somebody for a while and see how how you get on. And most people know bands of side projects and you know, mushrooms from there, but I think um, I think things have changed a lot
0: and still are changing in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's really, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with the fact of looking for other people to play with or to play for to get feedback as well and, and to kind of keep going. Um, because it, it just yeah, it just motivates you as well to kind of keep going and, and share your. I guess that's in a lot of different fields as well. If you work alone, it's often quite isolating. So if you go and look for other people that work in a similar field, it's 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 yeah, it's amazing to kind of go from there. So I mean that that is absolutely great. Um, in terms of like any final comments around kind of your your music and your band and where what are like projects for the future and do you have like a vision on where you would like to see feral five in the next year or the next five years or or are there like any other music projects that are coming up like side projects or creative projects that you're kind of having in the pipeline that you can speak about or um, I think
1: at the moment our, our key focus is the album, which yeah, we're yeah, yeah. aiming uh, to put out in the autumn. And we're already booking dates for the autumn around that. And I, I suppose our, our ambition is to get onto bigger stages, and that's kind of starting to happen, which is very nice. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's probably
0: a very sort of compact <laughs> way of summing things yeah, up. Yeah, when you say bigger stages, do you mean like, yeah. What type of... Do you mean, like, big festivals or big, like... Bigger venues. We'd bigger love to venues. do more festivals. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. When that'll happen, we'll have to see. I think, it, because often these things are based around your release cycle as well. I'm mm-hmm. not releasing until the autumn, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I it's think. a different type of festivals, because it's not the summer festivals. Yeah. It's but We, more had, like in we had a great time last yeah, year. And we
1: played Shuffle Festival, Danny Boyle's amazing uh, festival in London, Nasty Women Fest. Oh, so, yeah, 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 um, yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, Alternative festivals that are great places to
0: play. Yeah, how do you approach go getting gigs? Because I guess that's also sometimes a struggle, maybe for people that they might have like music, they might have the, really the urge to play, but they they can't necessarily find the right kind of. Settings to play it. Do you have any kind of insights there, or on how you approach it? Do you have like management that looks for you, or no? We d- we don't have any management. I think uh, the way we do it is probably not typical. So I'll go with what's
1: typical and tell you yeah, yeah, about what yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, what's become very obvious is it's all about people. And yes, you can be lucky and send emails off and get something, but it's about going to the places you want to play and, and meeting the promoters. And a lot of venues um, don't even promote their own shows but have promoters who take over a night a week or a month so the more sort of contacts and networking you can do the better and you know most people are very very willing to have a new band on in the open slot. so the opportunities are there but you can't solve it all by email and as far as our live shows we're, we're very lucky we get a lot of approaches um, and so we Tend to get approaches from people who know our work and want to put yeah, us on, yeah, yeah. and uh, and also we don't we're, we're sort of we don't do so many gigs. We're not playing three times a week in every pub in Camden because that doesn't suit our work. Um, so we prefer to play somewhere where we can have visuals, where it's a bit more considered, if you like, and. Uh, that's not to say we won't play it in a pub
0: in Camden with some of our favourite bands. Yeah, yeah, you know. no, no, absolutely. Okay, so, but connections, I guess that's kind of the... Connections, connections yes. And that may sound yeah, a bit yeah.
1: daunting, you may feel, you know, you have to know all the top people. You don't have to know the top people, you have to know the people who are putting on gigs at your local venue. Yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And it's great to see there's a new scheme to encourage more women into promoting, so there's lots of, you know, lots of contacts you can make with, yeah. your, with your local uh, student radio station. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's yeah.
0: Can certainly make contact with these people. And um, yeah, and like DIY spaces. Yeah, Like guess slow women as well, they do this great thing now with the podcast and the radio station and uh, promoting women. So that, that's, yeah, it's great to see what they're doing as well in promoting bands. Um, so yeah, okay, that's really very interesting. Um, I think it's time to go maybe in the quick fire quiz now and learn a bit more about kind of your your personal and loves of music and, okay. and, and like books ready. and so what is an album or a song that has impacted you in some way and why has it impacted you in some way, whether it's an album or a song or both. Yeah. I always find it very hard to boil yeah, down yeah, things,
1: musical choices and we got asked to do our top 10 albums this once as a band mm. and we wrestled with it for literally months. But anyway, but. One of the songs that had the biggest impact on me when I was really young was actually um, Pretty Vacant by the Sex Pistols. And I had no idea that it was punk, I had no idea it was the Sex Pistols, I had no idea it was supposed to be transgressive in any way. But I just remember hearing this like really fast, really loud song and jumping around like crazy at a birthday party and thinking this is amazing. And then of course I found out more.
0: Yeah, and like is it, yes, and and, I mean, the impact that it made on you, was it like you kind of were very fascinated by the way It was totally
1: visceral. It just really wants a
0: career around the room. Yeah, like yeah, if a song can do that then. It's amazing. It, it's yeah, a result. Yeah, yeah it kind of takes you out of like, oh. <laughs> everything else stops. <laughs> I just wanna do this. Okay, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and a recommendation by like um like what can you can you talk about a female musician that really we might not have never heard of, but you would say you have to listen to her because it's she's incredible uh, well, I've already mentioned them, but
1: the thing is I know so many amazing female musicians yeah, yeah, I'm really uh, privileged to yeah, yeah. you know yeah, some yeah. wonderful ones but um, I have to say De Furieuse uh, Guitar and Drums Duo yeah. everything they do is is passionate it's political they write great songs live they're absolutely incredible and in my view they should be headlining all the festivals they are so ready for that and um, where are they from they're based in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross singers from Scotland originally, yeah, yeah. but they're both in London now. And they play fairly regularly. Um, I particularly love their uh, it was their first single, Can We Talk About This, which I think is so strong. It's one of the strongest singles ever. Um, it beats Royal Blood hands down. And um, also we got to remix it as well, which is oh, yeah. probably sacrilegious, but we turned it into something equally crazy, but more electronic. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, very cool. Uh,
0: I don't know then, so I'll definitely have a listen as well. I'll add it to the show notes later so people can have a look at, have a listen. Um, and then is there like anything in particular that you're currently like, like reading on, maybe a political kind of book or or that you've read recently that is like this you have to read. It's like you stop everything and just read this.
1: Um... I'm a sucker for rock biographies and normally I've always got a rock biography on on the go or autobiography, especially all the female ones because I want to know how things were for them. What I'm actually reading at the moment is a book on blockchain and music by George Howard and it's got interviews in with Imogen Heap and various other artists about how they see the future. I think it's called Everything is in its Right Place, but it's it's a music and blockchain book. It's the only one that's out there at the moment and it's brilliant because it's... um, it's kind of probing, it's got lots of information about the new technology, and also it's very inspiring because he's got a very strong vision of how the whole musical landscape could change if we can harness this in the right way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would the approach be to... Is it like creating just new platforms using blockchain in terms of... It's, it's using it to... Um, or is it and to have some sort of fairness and transparency yeah, yeah. in yeah.
1: the industry. Yeah, yeah. So it's using it as an as enabling technology to sort of power new ways of working. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's very, very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And especially because I'm involved in one of those, so, yeah, yeah. which
0: just Resonate. So. Okay, very, very interesting. Can, can you briefly talk a bit about Resonate? Yes, about your, absolutely. What, yeah, because I'm you sure. mentioned it's a different way of doing streaming. Yeah. Like, why is it different? And yeah.
1: It's it's different because it's a it's a cooperative. It's yeah. ethical and it's got um, fairness and transparency hardwired into the code, so yeah. to speak. So um, everyone knows exactly what they're getting. Mm. And artists get paid a lot more than by other streaming services. And the model it's called stream to own. So it's pay as you go, if you like, for the listener. And then there's micro payments each time you play a track. And then by the time you've got more engaged with the track and you played it nine times. You, it's equivalent to download, and you own it. Oh, yeah. um, you can buy it at any time as well. And then we're building out a set of, sort of artist services built on blockchain, which means everything is, is much more equitable. Yeah. And um, the sort of the headline is, you know, art is not content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. we believe. so it's really thrilling to be to be part of that and, and representing them. at various events. I've been on the, well Feral 5 has been on it for a couple of years, we were very early adopters, Yeah. yeah. and it's been great to see it
0: grow and develop. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it, it takes away, as blockchain of, often does, like in banks or something, the middleman, I guess, and gives the musicians kind of the, the power back. Yeah, it gives more control. more control. That's not yeah, say yeah. there isn't a role
1: for various kinds of artist services um, yeah, yeah. but yes it, it makes things much easier uh, for the DIY independent musician and also Imogen Heat with her mycelia project yeah, yeah. is doing a lot of work in this area and one of the problems has been that the, the systems that uh, register music yeah, and the data amazing, are all just so messy yeah. and mm. we need to bring that all together so we can get the rightful money we're owed for plays and
0: yeah, can everybody, is it, how easy is it to
1: join in the... To join s- Resonate? Yeah, yeah. It's super easy. It's as easy as uploading to SoundCloud as a musician. Yeah. And then as a, as a listener, you can buy an amount of credit. I think the minimum amount is something like five euros. And then you can start listening. And the players is in beta at the moment. Um, but we've got several thousand amazing musicians on there, several hundred labels. Cold Cutter, approval and you work on there. And we starting to get exclusives from artists who believe in the ethos and want their tracks and resonate rather than some other platforms Six. we can mention
0: that yeah, don't yeah, work for artists yeah, very well. Yeah. Okay, very fascinating. Yeah. Um, final question: what is your favorite invention? It can be, yeah, on any level.
1: It's such such a tough invention, such a tough question because there's so many amazing inventions, whether um whether it's the the or the three D printer or whatever. But my personal favourite invention is fairly obviously the electric guitar. Oh yeah. Um, because I love to make a loud noise. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah.
0: Yeah. What would be yeah, yeah. like? Because yeah. in, in a way, the guitar is an amazing instrument because it hasn't really, I guess, since it since it's kind of kind of um, since it's been made, it hasn't really evolved that much in shape. Or one. It's very interesting because a lot of, um, Maybe it has. in, Maybe in I some don't. ways, you're yeah, right, yeah. and
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and companies, including Gibson, who have yeah, yeah. taken a bit of a downside have been trying to add bits of technology to it, and that hasn't gone down very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also been lucky enough to play 3D printed guitars, and um, <laughs> which have been fun, but you know, a lot of people experiment with form rather than sound. Okay, yeah. so. In some ways, I think you're right, but, um,
0: but hey. <laughs> yeah, no, no, well, yeah, so it is fascinating that basically, well, the, the the basic of the guitar should be there. You can add so many different, as you said, yeah. like pieces and so on to it, but as like the, the core of the sound needs to be there and it has to kind of function as it as it is, so. okay. Oh,
1: the one that actually prototype right. guitar that I got chance to play was um, it was a 3D printed acoustic guitar um, made by design by a designer who usually makes prostheses and what was brilliant about that was it did genuinely sound different and exciting because um, if you're 3D printing it you don't need the struts inside Mm -hmm. so the air flows in a different way and it was really rich and resonant and amazing vibration. I I don't think it's ever gone into production but it shows you can Excited. What was the material it was made from you? Uh, I think it was some kind of, sort of
0: nylon, it felt a bit oh, plasticky. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay, very fascinating. I mean, it's, it's great that you can just... I mean, it opens a lot of opportunities to... For example, a violin is so expensive to buy, like a good violin, so if you could 3D print a violin that kind of... can give a decent sound, like a Stradivarius, Maybe not, but almost. It would be really great to kind of democratise these instruments. But
1: also you don't need things to be uh, expensive. There's an amazing guy called Tom Fox from Paul Pestremonts who founded Acoustic. And I went to his first ever workshop and built a three-stringed instrument from a piece of scrap wood, small bicycle cables. And it's absolutely glorious. Yeah, yeah. you You can do a lot with nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen a friend of mine. She makes music, uh, music instruments from vegetables, like flutes and then oh, uh, <laughs> drum. It's, kind it's of, not Vicky neon, is it? Yeah, yeah it is. I wish, I wish <laughs> so much respect
1: for her. She's an amazing drummer. She's an amazing inventor. drummer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's incredible, and and yes, yeah, and that, that's the great thing about uh, kind of music. I guess you can kind of be very creative and um, try to make music with the means that you have. Um, so yeah, I mean, when people want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, if,
0: we're very easy to find
1: on Twitter as a band, uh, well, every, anywhere, feral5, so it's feral5.com, at feral5, blah, blah, blah. and um, on Twitter I'm
0: cat with a k, yeah. underscore 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And always happy to talk to people, collaborate,
1: okay, okay. that kind of thing.
0: Alright, very interesting. Uh, so yeah, I'll add every all the details uh, to the show notes so people can find you easily as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, all there is left to say. A lot of best of luck with the album. Thank I'm you. really excited to hear it uh, and everything else, like the projects coming up. And and yeah, thanks for being on the show. And uh, yeah, I look forward to to meeting oh, again okay. in the future. Yeah. So thanks.
1: Thank you so much. It's been lovely to to have a chat and also. I've listened to your other podcasts, and, and all the women are amazing, so I feel very honoured to be one of them. No,
0: my, my pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. So, All right, bye, everyone.